Hello everybody, this is Izzy, the creator of Izzy's Two Sound Sense blog and the music channel Miss Anthrope on YouTube. You are currently listening to the very first episode of my new podcast, Sounding Out with Miss Anthrope. I am very excited to start this journey with all of you, and right out of the gate, I would love you all to please help boost the podcast by giving it a rating and review on Apple and Spotify. It would be super helpful to help more people hear the podcast, and it will also get me recommended on streaming platforms. On this podcast, I will be inviting several friends of mine in the music industry, from artists to PR execs to DJs to writers, and we will have a conversation about our favorite songs and other times go in-depth about their individual experiences navigating the world of music as queer femme people and their current feelings and opinions about the always-evolving landscape of the music industry. To kick off our very first episode, I have invited my very good friend, Francesca Fay. Francesca is a musician from the Bay Area, and she is the leader of a hyper-pop glitch noise band called Goth Lipstick, which she formed alongside her longtime creative partner, Jay. Goth Lipstick is having quite the year. Their newest critically acclaimed album, Crystalline Corset, has already appeared on several best-of charts on Bandcamp alongside critically lauded acts such as Black Dresses, Perfume Genius, and Giles Corey. Francesca and I decided to kick off the podcast by hand-selecting a list of 10 songs each to share with listeners, almost like a mock radio show. Unfortunately, I have not secured any license to play these songs, but I will attach a playlist to the episode description that you can visit later. So without further ado, here is my conversation with Francesca, and I hope that you all come away with some good new listening recommendations. So let's get into it. Hi, Izzy! How's it going? I'm doing pretty well. It's just nice to be out of school, thank God. Right, yeah. You graduated! I know! Oh my god! Congratulations! Thank you! Oh my god, I can't believe it's like actually, like it feels surreal. Mm-hmm. I actually have to go do something now, like. <laughs> yeah, that's scary. I um, I got my first job and I'm doing it right now. Congrats, what are you doing? I am a research assistant at my professor's psych lab. Oh, nice. And it is great and also like really hard because I'm just like doing it remotely in my room alone. So, you know, we're trying our best, but it's fun. Everyone there is really great. Nice. So um, how is your week going so far? Um, Pretty good. I've just been really up to that and um, working on music stuff and actually hanging out with friends now, which is wild. I know. I know. Um, so that's cool. I've been catching up with lots of like Bay Area friends before we all go back to colleges in the fall. Yeah, sounds chill. Well, that's great. I can't believe that we're actually like able to go to places and see people now. You know, it's wild. I have not a girlfriend, but a romantic interest who's very cool. And we're like in that not friends, not girlfriends stage right now. Hmm. So that's cool. I'm dating people again. Is that the person what? who um, you bonded over the Will Toledo bread meme with? 
Yeah, and she got me this um, How to Leave Town hat. Oh my God, I love it. Literally like made it herself and I'm like dying. That's amazing. I love that. I know, it's great. Um, Yeah, that's pretty much how how I've been doing. What about you? I've been good. I've been, um, I'm still, I still feel like pretty much isolated because I'm still in my hometown. Um, which is a little suburb where nobody lives anymore, which is kind of chill. It's pretty nice because Mm -hmm. I actually enjoy like having me time, but I may be going back to New York in the fall. I hope. Um, and I just want to find work there. I just want like a day job or something, something to do because I've been going like, I've been going psycho lately, just having nothing to do, you know? Do you go on like lots of walks to nowhere in particular? Oh yeah. Lots of walks. I take my dog. We have this like conservation area of land. That's like kind of like, um, these like woodlands it's where there are little like trails carved out. So I will go down there um and yeah just walk for hours that is that honestly sounds very relaxing like at least it's something pretty you know yeah definitely um and so how's the music stuff going so far are you still like uh writing and recording stuff yeah the second album is like 85 percent done nice so it's just a matter of recording vocals and like finishing a couple songwriting tweaks and stuff to a couple tracks and then I think we're ready to go. So that's going to be exciting. We're happy about that. Yeah. That is exciting. Um is it going to be like are you going in like a different direction from the last one or is it going to be still like in a similar sort of realm? Um you know, we're trying to like craft an identity as a band. So I would say that it's of the same like glitchy genre for sure, but it's a whole lot louder and um, a lot like more instantly gratifying, I guess. So nice. What have you been listening to? Um, so much Porter Robinson, his new album um, Nurture is like, one of my favorite albums of all time. I adore it so much. Um, amazing. Lots thing. of freaky cosmos. Yeah. Frankie Cosmos. Yeah, I know. My friend Maggie just like recommended her. And now I'm just like listening to all of it. I think it's just absolutely gorgeous. What about you? Yeah, I um I've been listening to a bit of um I guess post-punk. I've been reading, I've been reading a lot of books um, that sort of chronicle like that right now I'm reading Simon Reynolds' book, Rip It Up and Start Again, which is a history, a collected history of post-punk. And um, it basically goes into detail about how Public Image Limited got started, um, how um, Jeff Travis started Rough Trade as a little, little sh- independent shop and then it became the label and uh like the people from Sheffield like the Human League and like Cabaret Voltaire I don't know if they're from Sheffield so don't quote me on that but (laughs) that's really cool post-punk I would say is my favorite 
music genre. So that's super cool. Who are some of your favorite bands? Um, Joy Division, Talking Heads, Television are like my three most favorites. I love, love, love television. Yeah. Oh my gosh. I feel like they're, they're pretty underrated. Yeah. Like, you know, of those groups that played at CBGB, mm. they're like, I think they have like the least repertoire, I guess. It's like everyone knows like Patti Smith and the Ramones. And yeah. It's, yeah. It's, ama- it's, yeah, it's amazing to me that like a lot of people know like people like Patti Smith and David Byrne and people obviously know who Debbie Harry is, but le- not, but not a lot of people know like a lot of the people who were like, pre that era like people like cherry vanilla or jane county or just... tell you personally i don't know who that is so there you go case study um, yeah go look up uh, you'll love jane county um amazing uh trailblazing trans woman who was barreling through the doors of max maxwell's and cbgb before the ramones even started so oh that is so dope okay i didn't even know that you would love her for sure. Um, but yeah. And she would do like these outrageous performances with like all these like gadgets and gimmicks and penis water guns and stuff like that. She she actually, fun fact, David Bowie went to see her stage show at the trucks. And after he saw that, he decided to up the ante with his glam aesthetic and performances that inspired his cover for Man Who Sold the World and the Diamond Dogs Tour. So, whoa, that's some cred. Yeah. Right. But yeah, definitely. Um, uh, her band, I think, was called The Electric Chairs. Yeah, The Electric Chairs. It's a um, great band name. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> But yeah, so do you want to get into the songs we chose? Let's do it. Are we just going to each do one and go back and forth? Yeah, we can alternate and go back and forth. You can go first. Um, okay, um, hold on. I put it in a playlist. Okay. Um, so the first one I picked is Red Bottom Sky by Young Lean. Um, I'm a big fan of Young Lean because he has this way of pulling off a really great hook or chorus or whatever without being really maximal about it most of the time. Like it's usually just like a, a catchy vocal melody over just like a slick beat and it just works. And it feels just as epic as when other artists do this big grand maximal thing with like string swells and just noise and whatnot. Um, And I also love, just like the atmosphere of this track, like the reverb in it is all really tasteful. And it has this feeling like I'm just there with them. Like I'm closing my eyes and I'm just there, like in some random parking lot in Sweden at like 4 a.m. Like, I don't know. It's it's a great track. Um, yeah, I've been listening to him a lot lately. So that's why he's on there. Hours. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so... The first song I picked um, was Way the World Is by Pale Saints. And I love Pale Saints just because they're a mix of everything. They're kind of a little bit Paisley Underground and a little bit shoegazy dream pop. And when I was going through my heavy like dream pop phase, 
I was listening to them a lot, uh, especially that album, The Comforts of Madness. I think it's an incredible album. And just the way they um, build these giant walls of sound, I think it's just, it's really cool. It's kind of like you're wading your way through like saltwater taffy, uh, like a saltwater taffy machine. That's how it sounds to me. And that's one of, and that's why it's one of my favorites. Um, next, I have "On the Lips" by Frankie Cosmos. Um, obviously, like the thing to like about Frankie Cosmos is how she can tell a story with so few words. Like most of her songs are within that one thirty to two thirty time range. Um, but she manages to fit so many details in her lyrics that really like make you feel the experience, I guess. And I definitely can just as a fellow 20 something, whatever. Um, yeah. On the lips. Yeah. I, I really enjoy Frankie Cosmos as well. I think um, just, the, I just love listening to her voice. You know, she's a really pretty, it's gorgeous. And, um, the way that she like, doesn't hit all of the notes and doesn't sing, sing, you know, kind of like she's reading a poem. Exactly. The next pick I have was, um, Chandra Malaysia Patella by Black Midi. Have you listened to Black Midi's recent album? I did. I listened to the new album. Um, I'm not the biggest Black Midi aficionado, but I really enjoyed it. I thought it was really good. Yeah, I think that these math rock, um, like, experimental fusions are definitely an acquired taste. Mm -hmm. But I love, I really liked the direction they went in with this LP. I really love, I really love, um, just sort of the the rapid, almost avant prog direction that they went in, um, and I feel like they um, definitely went in an unexpected direction for this album, but still remained like quintessentially black midi, which was really, which I thought was really great about it. Yeah, this new one was pretty jazzy, right? Like I don't remember too much. Yeah, I don't remember too much of the jazziness on the first one. Yeah. And it's really cool to see like all these different um bands who have a cult following making like uh, making these just really outlandish sort of sounding um worlds because it's like people will always be like, "Oh, there's no more great rock music. Where's all the great rock music?" And I'm just like, "You're it will if you can't find it, you're not looking for it." Isn't that what you have to do? You have to dig. If you if you consider yourself to be a music nerd and you think, "Oh, there's no more good rock music." <laughs> then you're not looking for it, I think. I completely agree. That is not a very good take. Yeah. What was the, oh, the next pick you had was uh, Carsey Headrest, right? Yeah, Bodies, Carsey Headrest. This is like a strong contender for my favorite song of all time. Um, 
I absolutely adore the energy throughout the whole track. It is everything about youth in one song. It's like, it's the love, it's the drugs, it's the parties, it's the dancing, it's the insecurity, it's all of the anxieties all rolled up into seven minutes. Um, and I put, I picked, ah, I put this one on the list um, because a few nights ago I was driving around with my friend and we put it max volume in the car and we're scream singing it the whole way. Um, very, very magical experience. I've never done that with a Cartoon Headdress song before. And it was just so beautiful. God, I love that. Well, it feels appropriate to do that with a cursed headrest song, though, doesn't it? Almost. Yeah. yeah. Agree with everything you said. I think that, like, this album just never, never ages. It feels like every time I listen to it, I feel like it was recorded yesterday. These words will still be true, right? Exactly. These words will still be true. When you get nothing. Um, and so the next song that I picked was Remake Remodel by Roxy Music. And I, um, this was when Brian, you know, was still with the band. And I think that they really, I don't think, I wouldn't say that they lost their edge after he left, but I think that he definitely made that, I think made that debut, like one of their best, in my opinion. My dad would probably disagree because he's like the biggest Roxy Music fan. And I think that Avalon record is still one of his favorites. But um, yeah, I just when they were going like insane with the production and just the all the different intricate playing and stuff like that, I think that was definitely a product of Eno's influence for sure. In his classic rock era was what I was going to say. Yeah, I am really only familiar with um, Brian Eno from his work with Talking Heads. So I'm not very much of an aficionado, but I'm interested in learning. I feel like he's been at the top of my list for ages. Yeah, like he, he feels like he's he's definitely one of the most polymorphous musicians that I can think of, for sure. He was a massive part of Bowie's Berlin trilogy, too, I believe. I think you would I think you would enjoy this debut as well. Um their first record with the pinup lady on the cover. Mm-hmm. Immaculate. Love it. So um my next pick is All My Friends by LCD Sound System. I think this is a very interesting song because it feels very minimal and maximal at the same time. We have these pianos that are just incessantly looping the entire song. Um but then it just crescendos into this epic peak. And it's a very interesting one for me because it feels like the ultimate album closer, but it's actually just in the middle of the album. (laughs) Uh, But I think it works. I think at the end of the day, if you have a good song, you can kind of just put it anywhere. If it sounds good, it sounds good. That's my rule. Um, But yeah, absolutely beautiful song, beautiful lyrics about aging that I, I'm afraid to relate to, but have accepted that one day I will. Yeah. My next pick was Entertainment by Spirit of the Beehive. Um, I think Frank Ocean may have been how I got into them because um, he's a fan, but I 
just love how sinister and evil this new record sounds. It felt like um, that those sort of writers who encapsulate that um, eternal like suburban malaise. I think they're from um, they're from Philadelphia, the band. It feels like the record was recorded in like a dome in hell. And I, and I love that. A dome in hell. I, I'm always looking for songs that feel like the experience of descending to hell. Hmm. My next pick is a Little Adventurer by Humbert Humbert. It's a song recorded in Japanese. I don't know what any of the words mean. But it is a very, very pretty folk song that is um, the ending song for an anime I really like called Konosuba. And it is very nostalgic in a strange way because I have no experiences with it um, aside from listening to it um, play at the end of every episode of this show. But it always manages to feel like something familiar, something gone. Um, and something that is untainable. So, yeah, beautiful song. The next song I picked was uh, PJ Harvey's demo of When Under Ether from White Shock. And mm-hmm. I picked this because it... Um, it's got that really lo-fi sort of sound before it sort of goes through the whole process of being like mastered and engineered and everything and sounds like that glossy finish of a track. Um, but, and this is one of her slower um, cuts, but I think that this new reissue campaign that she's going with, through with her demos is um a really incredible idea just because I love hearing a song that sounds different, but at the core, the song still can really maintain its punch and anything that PJ Harvey um, touches just turns to gold instantly. I think she knows exactly what she's doing and I, um, I'm obsessed with this whole project that she's doing. Like, I feel like she, she doesn't really need to, she doesn't really need to reclaim her legacy by any means, but like she's doing all she can to make sure that people still are reminded that, I guess that her influence is just unwavering. And it's, it's just fun to hear too. Um, like how it changed and how it's still fundamentally the same at the same time. My next pick is Trying to Feel Alive by Porter Robinson. It's the album closer from his new record, Nurture, and it feels like the ultimate way to sum up the album. Um, It features these beautiful, beautiful vocal samples that lead right into the lyrics of the song, And it's all about learning to accept that you maybe don't want to be satisfied and about this chase to be satisfied and feel fulfilled is what drives us to live Mm -hmm. and um, have experiences that make us ourselves. 
And it's a beautiful song um, that I cried way too hard at the first time I heard it. Um, and subsequent lessons also. It's very, very pretty. I still love to listen to that album. Um, I haven't yet, but I've heard so many amazing things about it. Strong recommend. Very strong recommend. So my next pick was uh, Ground Zero by Bam Bam. Um, Bam Bam was a sludge metal proto-grunge band from Seattle. And uh, they sort of almost predated Green River in a way because they started a year before um, Mark Arm and Steve Turner did all their stuff with um, later bands like Mudhoney and then who went on to inspire like people like um, Chris Cornell and Kurt Cobain and that kind of stuff. But I really love, and also uh, Matt Cameron from Pearl Jam drummed in Bam Bam. But um I recently did a lot of reading about um, their lead singer, Tina Bell, and her experience with just sort of living as um, one of the few vocal Black women in the Seattle scene, because Washington is a very overwhelmingly white state, um, and sort of all of the sort of hurdles that she's had to overcome and just hearing her story was just it was really overwhelming to hear because even like as she moved on like and she's no longer with us but people still don't really want to acknowledge the fact that she influenced a very popular genre um but but I listened to their reissued albums and they're all incredible. Like they have that like quintessential sludgy, like zany grunge sort of guitar sound and those idiosyncratic rhythm patterns. And her voice is just killer. It's so good. Well, cool. I am unfortunately unfamiliar. However, now I am familiar. <laughs> Next pick I had was Wild Wild Life by Talking Heads. Um, I am a huge, huge Talking, Fe- Talking Heads fan. Um, and I think that the back half of their discography is still pretty good, but it definitely gets overshadowed by just how great the first half of it was. Um, but my favorite song from like, Little Creatures and On is Wild Wild Life. It is just such a happy, instantly catchy and enjoyable pop song. And I was recently at a record store with a friend of mine and we saw a single of Wild Wild Life for $2. Um, So I decided to pick it up and we just went back to my room and listened to it about five times in a row and it was magical. Yeah, um, I, so the next one I picked was Subways uh, by Chandra. Um, And I recently read a little bit about her and how she was basically in this underground post-punk band when she was 11 years old. 
and she sounds like and she sounds like and she and she I I think that she wrote most of the songs that were on that LP um transportation and it was very mature lyric lyrically and surprisingly like really like really great like it's can you imagine like being in an influential underground band and playing like in these places where you're not even old enough to get in it's that is blowing my mind you said 11 11 years old yeah hang on how oh my god andra Steeped in New York's prolific post-punk scene, uh, funk and no-wave scenes. Um, yeah. Um, what was her name? Chandra Oppenheim. Yeah, that was her name. Okay. Um, and yeah, age eight, she was delivering performance pieces at the kitchen in a downtown art space in Manhattan. And by 12, she was the leader of the post-punk band Chandra. Wow. Wow. That is absolutely incredible. Crazy. But yeah, um, it's basically um, a song about sort of like being caught up in a space where anything can happen at once and it's very scary. Um, you know that feeling when you you could be on the train and for and for no reason it comes to a screeching halt and then um maintenance has to be done and then you're like, oh shit, like I gotta get to work or am I ever gonna get home? It's just like I think it captures that anxiety really well. And just like they just sort of captured this sort of sense of impending doom, but it's also like fun and a, a light and fun sort of like new wavy post-punk song at the same time that you can dance to. But yeah, Subways by Chandra. You walk on the subway, it moves around. What year is it? I think um it was in the, yeah, 1980. Wow. Yeah. 1980 was when this was recorded. Yeah. Cool. So that's just like right when all of this awesome post-punk stuff is going. Um, Okay. My next pick is Bag Back by Vince Staples. The production on this album and this particular song blows my mind. I think it is perfect this perfect link between experimental synth timbres and just really catchy music theory at the core of it all. And of course, Vince even outshines how great the production is with just awesome bars about, you know, how fucked America is and racial oppression. And it's, it's a very, very good song um, about, everything that is important right now. So yeah, back back. I love um, that Big Fish Theory album as well. So yeah, good one. What did I? Okay, so my next pick was a uh, Same Size Shoe by Serpent With Feet um, off of the latest album, Deacon. Um, 
I really, really love um, the sort of tranquil, like Baroque soul kind of um, projects that Serpent with Feet puts out. Um, And this is just an adorable um, sort of ode to having like the same size shoe as your significant other. That's way adorable. Yeah. Yeah. And just any kind of art pop soul fusion, I'm there. Um, So Serpent with Feet, same size shoe. You can say what your next pick was. Uh, 10 Million Sight Twinkle Park. Um, I don't know too much about this artist. She is, um, she's like noise pop, glitchy, um, shoegazy, a little hyper poppy. Um, I think she's a solo project and she is from a, a town that's like a 10 minute drive from where I live live so that's pretty cool um anyway she's like this very um like indie band campy uh artist and um she made this awesome record that feels so creative and clever and in my mind is just waiting to blow up um very just instant record twinkle park i haven't heard of her um but sorry, I got distracted. I wanted to see if she had a bio on Spotify. Um, but that sounds really cool. Oh, okay. So my next pick is uh, Milkshake and Honey by Slater Kinney. Um, off of their 2000 record, All Hands on the Bad One. I think this might be one of my favorite records of all time. Just because I think it was a little bit... Um, after the Riot Girl explosion in Olympia, just like five years after it started. Riot Girl wasn't necessarily dead, but the mainstream press decided to declare it dead in a way, which is unfortunate. But they, I think that they really mastered um, sort of the art of escaping that sort of pigeonhole Not that it's a bad thing to be pigeonholed into, but I feel like there's a lot of like a very sort of patronizing tone that comes with people who talk about Riot Girl and how they speak about it. Um, But yeah, this was sort of like, and I think this is also their most, one of their most pop sounding albums, but they also don't sacrifice like that um, really hard hitting like songwriting which mm-hmm. I love. I feel like like when they allow themselves to, a lot of punk artists write the best pop songs, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And also, this song is really funny because it's basically Corinne Tucker just putting on um, the persona of a sleazy devil-may-care um, rock star who's like spending time in France and maxes out their credit card. Just like a, one of those trashy sort of scuzzy music dudes who we all know or have heard about in the news and stuff like that. And, oh, I think my favorite thing that was written about this song was um, Tom Bryan wrote in Stereo Gum that Corinne, 
essentially does a Julian Casablancas impression before Julian Casablancas existed. <laughs> that's good. I think that's my favorite thing I've read about this song. But yeah, um, I love Slater Kinney. Um, I think they're touring with Wilco this summer and I want to go so bad. Oh my God, that's so cool. I've been in a Wilco phase lately. I've just been listening to like way too much of like being there and summer teeth. And uh, your next pick was 420, right? Yeah. Um, Macintosh plus 420. That's a great song. It's like the meme song that ends up on all those videos where the people comment like, oh, like when, I don't know, some stupid meme. But anyway, um, it's really pretty and totally transcends the meme as just like an outstanding song in its own right. Um, and for me, it's very close to my heart just because the artist is another trans woman. Um, and I didn't know that until very recently. I just knew the song as like the joke. And then I got into the album and then I looked up who Vectroid, the creator of the album is. And I was like, oh my gosh, we're trans. So yeah, that was special to me. I adore this song. Cool. And my final pick was uh, Missing You by the Linda Lindas. Um, and I've been really, um, I've been on a bit of a Linda Linda's kick lately because they um, seem to be popping up everywhere. But I think um, it's definitely, they're definitely worth the hype. Um, I think they just secured a performance on Jimmy Kimmel Live. And they're um, a half Asian, half Latinx group of girls playing punk and they um i think they appeared yeah they they performed in um the amy poehler directed uh netflix film moxie which was inspired by riot girl and so i really love that um and and they're just killing it so massive shout out to these little rebel girls um because they're doing great but yeah Cool, cool. That's all of our songs. We did all 20. All right. Um, what are you going to do? So I've got like the whole rest of my day left. I'm like just waking up basically. <laughs> nice. Well, do you want to continue to chat? Because we haven't caught up in a while. Yeah, let's fucking chat. All right. Thank you so much for listening to Sounding Out with Misanthrope. Don't forget to give us a rating and review, and do not forget to subscribe to my YouTube channel at Misanthrope. My promotional interview with Francesca about her latest record can be found at IzzyShutUp.com on my blog, Izzy's Two Sound Sense. That's IzzyShutUp.com. My Instagram page is at Izzy's Two Cents, and my Twitter is at MissAnthropeI, and you can find Francesca at Goth Lipstick on Instagram. And don't forget to give Francesca's Bandcamp page a visit at gothlipstick.bandcamp.com. Thank you once again for listening, and I hope to see you all in the next episode.